a secret contract, a hidden marriage, and Potemkin's war for Catherine. Stay tuned as we discuss the Catherine the Great finale. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, everybody. We're here to discuss Catherine the Great, the finale. What goes around comes around. I'm Rachel Goodman, and here with me, with me, we have our history lover, Haley. Hey, guys. And we have Ben from the Shazi. Of course. I mean, as always, I'm back, people. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're all back for one right. more episode yeah, one more to talk about. So be sure to stay tuned because even though this is our finale, we are still going to do our special segments. That includes the historical inaccuracies, celebrity women dating younger men, scandalous, and our <laughs> new segment at the very end with, we're still going to do predictions, so stick around for that too. All right, guys. So my first question, we have seen the entire miniseries at this point. I'm going to ask, my first question is, what are your overall thoughts on what we watched? I personally really like the show. I really feel like the production design is amazing. The acting is great. The only thing I have to say is that the time jumps and the kind of storyline overall jumps too fast for me. That's, I feel like they're, they're, they needed a little bit more time, more episodes to really talk about the different relationships that we saw kind of a little bit already, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think it makes it harder, too, especially for people who are not history majors right. and don't know the historical background. Exactly. They, I think people in that circumstance won't be able to follow. Right. It's much easier if you do have the background. But um, I agree with you. I think that it was hard to connect, even with this love story that we were seeing on screen it was hard to connect to it unfolding the way that it did mm. Haley, yeah. how do you feel i wish it had like oh, three more episodes just because it just all happened so fast mm. and it, you don't really get to just i guess like love the characters and have like a bond with them as mm. you would like a show that's maybe like 10 episodes right yeah yeah es- especially because the whole thing with this like i get what they were trying to do they were trying to showcase potemkin and Catherine in a way that most people have never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually found that there's this book that I think they actually pulled information from. It's called Catherine the Great, Portrait of a Woman. Um, it's by Robert Macy. And I think like he's the only one who kind of um, hinted that there could have been a marriage, even right. though it's not confirmed. Right. But I, the idea that this was supposed to be their love story, I, I just feel like it raced. It was too yeah. much of a rush. I feel like epi, every new episode that we watched, we already had the change happening between those two. You know yeah. what I mean? Every new episode was like, okay, why do they just behave like that to each other now? Because last episode was completely different. So I feel like every new start of every new episode was the change already. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? That makes saying? complete so, yeah. sense. And I think, too, it started off really strong. Yeah, yeah. the first episode was amazing. And yeah. it didn't jump that much. Yeah. It, I think at the most we got a couple of months, maybe yeah. you know, maybe half a year, maybe yeah. a year or so. But we, I feel like that was okay right. because we, even if they had jumped, I don't even think it's so much about the years and how many years they jumped or didn't jump, but the fact that in the first episode, even as they jumped – we still hit the major plot points of what a, a, an actual episode should hit. Mm. And so I didn't feel like I was being thrown out of a story. Mm. Whereas by the time we got to two, three, and four, uh, it was like, okay, maybe two was fine. But then three, it was, okay, well, they were together in yeah. two. Now in three, they can't stand each other. And right. now in four, now, oh, we were all over the place in four. Yeah, right, right. Like yeah. in three, they were already kind of tired of each other. 
Yeah, and we didn't get the the joyous the yeah. joyous parts the, of their like relationship. Their honeymoon stage, yeah, like, so to speak. They mm-hmm. got together, and then we cut to the divorce. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit more would have been nice. But. Now, what do you guys think of the title? What goes around comes around. I mean, that could mean a lot of stuff, to be honest. Right at the beginning, when I when I read the title, I was like, "Is it specifically about Catherine?" Is it basically like, hey, you know what, she wanted to get all these countries. She indirectly killed so many people by sending Potemkin out. And now out of a sudden she is dying herself, right? So what comes, what goes around comes around. So you did that to so many millions of people, families, children. They're just gone. They're just dead. And now see how short can life, how, 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 how quickly life can be ended for you too. You know, you just die in your living room and that's pretty much it. You know, and also Potemkin, obviously, you lost your loved one. You, and that's really what, I, what we see in the, in the last episode. She really, literally loved this guy. They didn't really show it very obviously all the time, right? But I think she really legitimately loved this guy. The only person in her life, probably, right? And then he just died. And you see what happened to her. She, she kind of lost it. She, lo- she loses it completely. She started she, to deteriorate. And she also kind of like, she looked, she aged 10 years in maybe two months. <laughs> yeah. well, you know what I mean? Now, that's very interesting. So Potemkin died in 17, yeah, 1791. Yeah. Um, and she didn't die until 96. So you're telling me, so if, when he died in 91, she didn't look like she was that old. Um, exactly. Maybe yeah. they, they had definitely aged her, but not the sure. way, as soon as we, I, I think what they did was they cut to 96. Yeah. And when we saw her near the very end, you, like you said, she went from, okay, they kind of aged her a little bit, to jump five years, and she looked like she was halfway in the grave. Yeah, oh, they yeah. gave her some major age spots on her face. Yeah, and the hunching of the back. And I get it. They were yeah. trying to show that her right hand had passed away. Yeah, and right. it isn't even just about the love story, in a sense. It's also about this friendship and that he was her political ally as well. Yeah. And obviously one of the few people she could actually trust. Yeah. Um, that's what threw me, especially the last maybe 20, 30 minutes of four, is just the way that she would throw that away. Mm. Um, this one relationship that she should have been able to trust that could have been like a typical love story. Mm. But instead, um, not to say that Potemkin didn't have his faults, because he certainly did, but I feel like Catherine really was the one holding up the wall and pushing Potemkin away. Um, that's the way they sort of show that when we jumped to three, that's kind of how we started with mm. her deciding, okay, Potemkin, I'm letting you go. You need to leave. Right. He kind of wanted to leave, but she kind of pushed him away too. Right. And so now by the time we got to four, um, what could have been this beautiful love story and, and still, you know, everyone's saying it still is, but I think that it, it lost the beauty of what could have yeah. been because Catherine didn't embrace the relationship or what it was and kept him at arm length, um, maybe less so than other people. But I think that when they say what goes around comes around, um, I kind of feel like what they meant by that was this person who um, obviously she took drastic measures to become the empress. Mm. But then by the time she's coming to the end, she has the means that she took to get there have pushed everybody away, and so pushing everybody away has kind of left her in this right. state where she there is no love around her yeah. by the end. She has major issues, but so does Potemkin. Like, he drinks a lot. Yeah, yeah, he and he had an anger issue. Mm. So, yeah. and, and I feel a like... Power a, dy- like, their power dynamic was not okay. 
Not at all. I, agree I understand why she didn't maybe feel comfortable with him because he all like I don't understand why he really loves her to be like quite like, frank with you just because he he always has a problem with her. So speaking of Potemkin, then Sorry. let's no, talk. No, no, no. I, I love what you're saying. That's a good point. Actually. Let's um, let me ask you this. So we get to everything going on with the Turkish war. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel in that moment um, where Potemkin basically? Um, he, we had all, we had all these issues where basically Catherine sent Potemkin in, he won back, um, Akakov, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, um, (laughs) he won back that city by fighting for it, and he comes back, and Germany and England obviously have an issue with this. How do you feel about Potemkin's actions in that moment and how he stepped up and spoke over Catherine? That was a major... He, like, crossed a whole another line. He Who gave him the right to talk? Like, Nobody. that was my thing. I was like, you have no type of power. She is legit the ruler. And I didn't like that. And the dangerous thing is that some of this happened because Catherine was, one, being manipulated by Zubov, but then on top of that... Some of this happened because of her spite and the way that she was treating, um, the, how spiteful she was being that she would want to attack more just yeah. to go against Potemkin in the event that he was betraying her. I don't think he respects mm. her that much. I don't think that's like a lot of, you don't do that to somebody that you respect. What, ben, what do you think? I mean, at the end of the day, I believe that he really loved her. Yeah. I think, yeah. I really do believe that. And I feel like he was one of the people, probably he definitely wanted to become the king too. Right, of course, because she's the empress. I mean, that's the closest you can get to become the king at some point, right? But I think it was not just about that. I think he really loved her as the woman right next to him in her in his life, to, to basically as the life partner, yeah, kind of, yeah, right. And I feel like on her side, I think she always had a problem to admit to herself that she actually trusted him. Mm-hmm. I, I think agree she with you. did trust him, but she could never really yeah. be honest to herself because she always had that kind of issue with herself. That she always was, she was always thinking, and I think a lot of people were basically she couldn't trust, obviously. So she was always trying to feel like or telling herself, okay, I also can really not trust him. But inside of herself, she did in a way. You know, that's very hard. It's the kind of situation that you have if you love someone. Maybe we, we know that from private life. We love someone, right? And then also you have people around that also this person is hanging around with. And then at some point, can you really trust this guy that you love so much if he's hanging around with all these people that you don't even trust? You know what I mean? But yeah. you still love this person in a way. And so there's always this kind of conflict that you have within yourself. And in the, on the one hand, I, I feel like Catherine didn't 100, 100% trust herself. For sure. And so people like Zubov, who were clearly manipulating her. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, it, that to me should have been obvious. Like I don't really understand it. She is such. She's someone who doesn't trust anybody. Mm. Yet she was going to allow that that young guy to in, enter her bedroom and share some secrets with him. That's so. I think it like goes back to her parents. She even like mentioned her mother. She did not like her mom. And we this episode in particular, we got into her dislike mm. of Germans. Yeah. How is that even possible? People? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that. They love me, people. <laughs> 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 Do you? 
<laughs> Everyone like question mark? I'm not sure about that. Okay. Right. No, but uh, yeah, that's definitely a big factor. I think that influenced her whole life, her whole personality. I think that was one of the reasons, you know, why she never really wanted to have any contact with Germans or German armies or whatever. Even when Paul comes with the German soldiers, it was not just about that she was against her son and she wasn't thinking that he's capable of doing what he was doing. Even that he came in, or specifically that he came with German soldiers, that was too much for her. And it's interesting. So in in real life, Paul I really did uh, have a love for Germany, specifically the Prussian military, because he loved how precise they were. Mm. Um, But it's interesting that we see this huge change in Catherine from episode one, where she stands up and she addresses the crowd, and she literally says, I am German. Mm, and, exactly. and 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 yeah. by four, she's like, I hate Germans. I don't I want their army here. It's, it's a big it's a, jump. And, and not only that, so she changes in terms of that. But I've noticed too. We see not only a change. We see a. We see her lose all hope by the end. Mm. But on top of that, in the beginning, when she's trying to free the serfs. And it sounds like she's a very progressive ruler who's going to do a lot of very unique things. Right. Um, I I feel like by the end, the way that the show was portraying it, um, she did not have as much that she was doing anymore. And I, I don't know that that is 100% accurate, but we'll talk about that. But in, in just in the way that the show was portraying her by the end, she was just very disgruntled. Yeah, for me, it was very obvious at the end when Potemkin died and the way how she loses it. For me, that was the moment when I realized, I think all she did over the last, let's say, three episodes, after the first one, after they met and really got close to each other, I feel like all these episodes and everything she did was basically always towards him in a way. You know, she she knows that she's the empress and she rules Russia and can get all these countries, but I think she was doing all of that just to not lose him in a way. So she was always kind of dependent on him, even maybe without even realizing it at the very beginning. I think the first moment when they met in the sauna, that was the changing moment for for both of them. Yeah. And we had mentioned, um, this is kind of random, but we had mentioned last week about the age difference. Yeah. Um, and he's only 13 years younger than her. Yeah. So it wasn't, it's not yeah. as crazy as, you know, <laughs> but in the show, but, it's ridiculous. Yeah and, yeah. and you know what's so interesting? She says something in the last episode about, um, what's this guy? Um, Zuboff, right? Zuboff, the Zuboff yeah. guy. And he basically is walking with her in the park, right? Outside of the, of the building. And then he says something like, you know what? I would never say anything against anybody. You know, he <laughs> says, and she says that, oh, that's a good quality to have. She says that to him. And then I was thinking about that. I believe she actually doesn't like men who always say the things that, that she wants to hear. I well, think that's the quality that Potemkin always had. He was always saying something that well, maybe she's not agreeing to. I don't know if you guys caught this, but right. at the very end, after Potemkin passes, when she's walking with Zubob, mm. she starts speaking with him in French. And what right. she said in French was, oh, you're not really much, your responses are never any good anyway. And that yeah. was her whole thing, right. was that not just him, but all of her other previous lovers who have been, who were especially young, mm. she, when she first got rid of, um, when she first got rid of her lover for Potemkin, 
she based it on the fact that the guy that she was with was not going to ever give her an intelligent answer. Exactly. And so I think it just to me it it doesn't make sense that she would even take a lover like Zubov who yeah. is not she, going to have a decent conversation with her. Yeah. But near the end, obviously, it didn't it wasn't like that. It just seemed like he was her caretaker. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. I think yeah. they, they they she completely kept it separate from each other. I yeah. think these young guys were just for sex. Yeah. Uh, openly speaking, that's it. She likes controlling. People. Like, she, she couldn't control how she was raised, and she couldn't really, she didn't have control over her son in, in a way. She's nicer to these men than she is to her own son. And I think that she just wants to be wanted. Yeah. And the, these young men, they're impressionable to a certain extent. And it's interesting because as much as she probably knows it's fake, mm. hearing somebody dote on you, yeah, it probably felt good to her even if it was even if she knew it was a manipulation of course so very hard for her to to say no to it and push yeah. it away and she grew up in this situation where she you know obviously she was already royalty mm-hmm. but then she ended up marrying peter and and stepped into this right. role so she, this is this is her world yeah and so she i think it's hard for her to yeah um to under to really step out of it and be objective yeah but you mentioned paul so let's talk a little bit about him and what oh, happened yeah, in this paul. episode let's talk about paul and alexander um, we saw a situation where basically we we saw Catherine having Alexander sign this paperwork. Um, what did you guys make of that? But then on top of that, Paul's reaction. Hmm. I mean, it was not a surprise. Yeah. I wasn't surprised at all. I, I was like, okay, how much valid is that document signed by a kid? Is that really something be, before the age of 18? I'm, I'm not sure how it was. Maybe that's a question you can answer me back in the days. How was it if a, a kid signs a letter of intent? Is that actually well, valid to anybody? Well, um, Do you know what I mean? my yeah. thing with this, and this is, I'm going to pull a quote from Game of Thrones okay. with yeah. Cersei basically saying, basically not to, to kind of paraphrase what she had said, you, whoever has, basically you take your power. And whoever takes the power is the one who's going to be in charge. And it's probably not going to be you. It's going to be the people around you. Mm. And so I feel like in technically if Catherine has Alexander sign this paperwork, mm. yes, it technically means that by by the law of, of Russia, Alexander would have taken over. But we saw what happened. And the same thing happened on Game of Thrones. Right. Letters mean nothing. Paul came in when she died yeah. and he ripped it up. He ripped it up. Yeah, that's and exactly it, how I felt. But, and, all right. and everybody, we knew that people were backing Paul already. There was there were enough men around Paul who kept wanting, who were insistent that he take over. They they were probably at a point where they these supporters of Paul obviously didn't like Catherine. Mm. Um, they were not going to support Alexander taking over. It just right. seemed logical to me that Paul was in a position where he could have stepped in and taken over. Like that. my thing yeah. is, no one else saw this paper. Um, well, everybody in the room... Well, you're right, though. At first, it was just Alexander yeah. and Catherine, and then she told Maria, who told Paul. So, yeah, they knew about it, but who's really going to honor it? Also, is it safe to say that she's a bad mom now? Like, can I say that? That she's a bad mom? Maria? No. Catherine? Yeah. What? How do you... So, what, how do you she's feel? She's just, like... I don't think good parents, like go against their children or like want their children to be miserable (laughs) right you know the thing is i think you have to see it from two perspectives to be honest i understand your point of view as a mom you shouldn't really treat your son like that in general i get that but 
checking or like watching Paul and how he's behaving and what he, how he's talking about his mom as well and that he I feel like he would have done anything in a way if he could to even like do something to his mom at the end that's how I, I felt that. you know what I mean because he and we see that at the end he loved his dad very much right and he felt like something crazy happened to my dad and my own mom was responsible for letting my dad die so kind of so from that perspective you know why don't we jump i want to talk about potemkin a little bit more too sure but let's jump since we're talking about the death yeah let's um let, no I no jumped. no i think it's i think it's yeah. good um to kind of just talk about this now yeah um with Paul and how he reacted after Catherine's passing, we saw a couple of things. And, like, the thing that really, like, stru- stuck with me the most is that not only did he say no other female could ever take over, could ever, you know, rule Russia again, but he took the crown that Catherine was wearing, put it on his father, and... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> don't blame him. And don't blame him. And though. buried them together. Right. That was right. shady... He he knew his mother would be so furious. But honestly... I mean, for me personally, the even crazier moment was already when he just came into the room. Think about that for a second. You come into a room and your mom is lying on the yeah. floor dying. And she's not and, even dead yet. And he's yeah. not even giving any reaction to it. He doesn't give a shit. I have to but say that. Out loud. But he doesn't either, he just, though, to I, be honest. Remember that scenario. He just comes in. Where's the paper? Where's the paper? She's laying right in front of him dying. Everyone knows she's dying. He doesn't give a shit. That so, was tough. That's even, a tough moment. Think about that. So, someone even said she's not dead yet. And yeah, she was exactly. literally, her eyes were still kind of half open. But the only thing he was thinking about, okay... Am I am I going to be the next one who's going to have the throne now? Okay, I want to see this paper. That was the only thing he was but thinking about. That yeah. proves to you how much she actually tried with him as a kid, or just like how he treats his mother shows how she treated him when he was growing up. Yeah, that so was, to speak, it feels like a given and taking yeah. scenario between those two, right? There's You're no shitty respect. to me. Okay, I'm going to be even more shitty to yeah. you now. Yeah, Something yeah, yeah. like that, you know. And and we did see some hope throughout the series, but obviously they never got there. And yeah. um, I don't think I just really don't think that there ever would have been a way for them. No. Just it's a combination. I think that it was one. It when like this this environment kind of set it up so that they would have a strained relationship anyway. Mm. Um, Paul obviously cared for his father or had some kind of relationship. Right. But then on top of that, Catherine, I, did, I do think she uh, made things worse, but I, obviously Paul was not helping either. Yeah. So it just, I don't think that there was any salvaging She it. took his kid. Yeah. 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 And obviously Alexander was very conflicted too. So it wasn't just like boy. Alexander was happy about this. Yeah. But... Um, based on what we find out at the end, it's interesting. Um, That's really interesting, actually. Yeah. Because it just says five years. So I was thinking, when I see him in the episode, he just maybe is not even eight. Maybe he's eight, nine at that point, right? Yeah. Like, maybe so, he's like... I th- Yeah, so let's just say he's eight. Maybe he's eight, so that means he was 13 <laughs> yeah. when he took over, and he was even going against his own dad after five years. Yeah. That's crazy as a teenager, as a kid, you know? And obviously enough people were in support of him, yeah. you know, ruling over his own father. So, I mean, that is confirmed that he became 
so, uh, when he was just a teenager, 13, 14? Let me double because, check because I don't think – so Alexander, I when I was originally looking this up with Paul, yeah. I didn't see anything that said that Alexander was the reason why he, Paul was assassinated. Oh, okay. Um, unless I missed something when I was looking. But nothing that was very direct about it. Gotcha. Um, so – but Alexander um, – and I can look this up as sure, we're no kind of doing our segments too just sure. so we have a real answer. Yeah. Um, but – um, the only other thing is, um, let's just talk about Potemkin's passing mm. and any lasting, like any overall thoughts you guys have about that. I mean, I remember the sauna scene, which was very interesting, and I like that the story writers brought back this scenario because that was the first moment, as we remember, when where they really got close to each other, right? And I think it was beautifully to see them coming back to the same scenario, to the same kind of location and talk about it. And I feel like what what he was trying to tell her is, hey, what are you trying to do here right now? I think he was really trying. He was very down to earth in this movie. He was like a human being, just talking about as a human being to another human being. Hey, how do you behave here right now? Why is it always so much about the power? Let's just let it go for a second. Yeah. Let's just be you and me here right now in this room, and don't forget about everything. And I think that, that was, was beautiful for him, from him to see, you know. And I think that's yeah. the whole thing too, is that he realized too late he did all these things for Catherine, and all it really did was push him away from her, yeah, and yeah. ruined the happiness that they could have had for sure. And he he's the one that's interesting that he's the one realizing that. Yeah, that's yeah. that because I would have I would I was expecting that she realized that first. But he, even that we feel like in the second and third episode that he's kind of losing it a little bit and he becomes this kind of arrogant guy. I know, I'm like, you know, that's how it felt in the second and yeah. third. In the fourth, I had the feeling that he was over it already. Yeah. He had enough. He just wanted to get back of like to he who he is right? in real life and just be the person who he is. And I almost wonder, so when we saw three... We mm-hmm. he felt like he was very unsettled and needed to leave and right. needed to be the, the the you know eternal wanderer. But by four, I feel like if Catherine had said, "Please just stay with me," that he would have stayed. And I think that was the unspoken uh, message that he he wanted from her, but she yeah. never gave it to him. And then by the time she could have, he you know he was already sick anyway from fighting her wars. But on top of that. It did, it exasperated it going out again, right? Um, and they were kind of alluding to the French Revolution happening, which makes sense because it was right around that time period, right? Um, but it was it was just interesting that yeah, he is the one to realize it, and he's the one to also kind of recognize that they spent all this time on meaning fighting when they didn't have to be. Exactly, exactly. So it just. It was really sad, right? I mean, think about it. The His last episode was, was a little sad, right? I was like, it was very hmm. sad, but I do love that they ended on their wedding, and it's true. They had an Easter egg in there throughout the series. Um, maybe I don't think the first or second episode, but in three and four, she kept looking at the crown, right? And it was a, like a crown made out of sticks and right. maybe branches, and we never, we just saw that she had it. We never knew what it was. Interesting. And then right. in their, the scene when they get married they put the crowns on their head and right. so it's oh, almost yeah. like a Romeo and Juliet situation right. where even if they were even if they were married in secret right. um, they it, their marriage the way that they did it yeah. meant something more right. than any marriage than any official marriage right. could have meant and by the way i just wanted to point that out one more time we talked about it before the show a little yeah. bit but i definitely wanted to ask everybody now and also the audience 
you know, now realizing that they got married already 10 years ago, right? That means they were husband and wife, but never really talked about that. I'm just thinking that, that that shows us even more in a way that Potemkin was not just about to become the king because I was like, he could have done something crazy and yeah. might have killed her by sending someone out and killing her and then becoming the king because he was the husband to her anyway. And but he, he didn't. And she made him a prince. So exactly. not only that, but he had he had a title. That's right. Um, he was technically married. Now, the way that it's traditionally worked, it just because you're married to the queen doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to become the king. Oh. Um, it hasn't always worked like that. Interesting. But you would think... Um, especially when he comes back after fighting the war, when they're chanting his name, you would think that he had a strong opportunity, if he had really wanted to, of usurping her power. Right. And maybe that was part of the reason that she couldn't, we couldn't know directly until the end when we saw that final scene. Right. But that was probably part of it, too, is that she knew, I am technically married to this person. Right, so that means technically back in the days it was more like, okay, I'm the queen now, I'm the empress, and if I'm going to die, I just want to document it here right now that my husband is going to become or is going to take over, not my son. So she should have done something written. And maybe, that's usually how it was, I'm guessing. And um, well, um, I'm just assuming that could be why she did the whole contract with Alexander yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That's, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. just, just wanted to point that out up. because I was like, I was surprised, you know, not realizing at the end. Oh my God, they 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 were a husband and wife, but it never really came to any kind of crazy reaction or behavior by Potemkin to do anything crazy. And you he know? never brought it up. No, once. He did, not even to get, not even to throw yeah. in her face. Which shows me even more that he was an honest guy. He really way, did love her. Know? So, yeah. Which I still don't understand. I, could, I really don't. I could cry. <laughs> well, I think that's a great time to get to our segment. It's a great while time to cry. While we're crying, <laughs> let's cry while we discuss historical inaccuracies because they are cry worthy. <laughs> All right. Oh, so, wow, man. You got that it. That is some intense. <laughs> okay. The marriage. Let's talk about that first. Right. Nothing is confirmed. They um, There are lots of rumors out there. Right. There are a lot of opinions that they most likely got married, but there is nothing officially documenting it. Okay. So as far as I'm – just from what I am see, was seeing online, it feels like – Eight, well, it feels like the show kind of took some creative liberties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, the book that I referenced earlier, mm-hmm. they said that they they said that it was a rumor that they may have gotten married oh. privately. So, just wanted to kind of you know talk about that first and foremost. I hope they did. Um, and the other thing uh, I wanted to mention was about Paul the First. Um, what they did not really talk about was that he actually um, had an attack of typhus in 1771. And according to reports, it actually made him really physically ugly and marked him. And this is 1771. So we would have seen this by the time we were getting to the end. We would have seen this early on, actually. Yeah, right. Um, and we didn't see it at all. So I just wanted to make a comment on that. And also just kind of talk a little bit more more about Potemkin. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was actually um, – she – Catherine made him a prince – but he was actually born from a – he has noble blood in him, had noble blood in him, um, and actually was college educated. So he does – he did have some nobility but in his background, but uh, not – and like he was definitely not a prince by any means. Right. Um, the other thing is that he is definitely – 
uh, at one point in history, people considered him to be one of the most powerful men oh. uh, in in Russia. In Russia, I should specify that. Okay. I can see that. Even yeah. not being the king because of all the wars that he won yeah. made him this kind of... And just going off of all that, I'm going to speculate, too, that based on everything out there, um, Paul saying, oh, I don't want anyone to ever hear of this man. I don't think it quite worked like that because he's in all all the history books. And um, even if they don't necessarily mention the love affair, they mention him and his military background. The other thing that I want to just point out, too, is that when I was doing a lot of this research, a lot of sites actually said that he – Potemkin was not her number one lover. Um, oh. He was – there was another guy who actually was like oh, okay. the love cool, cool. of her life. Uh, but Potemkin, it, they, the way that most people paint the picture of them is that they had been lovers but then became more friends. Right. Um, and that her, his passing did affect her but more because she had this really deep bond with him um, right. that went beyond anything romantic. Isn't that like today? Yeah. You know, you have sex first and then you become friends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you know what? I never experienced that. (laughs) That is a great time (laughs) to talk about our celebrity women dating younger men segment. Of course. (laughs) You know, coming from sex to celebrity women dating younger men. And I have, honestly, guys, I have the best example tonight for us. Seriously. I mean, if you think about a couple who have a little kind of years in between you definitely have to think about Hugh Jackman and Deborah Lee Furness, right? Oh, um, you his know. wife? Oh, yeah. Can we just show it? I don't think we see it. Oh, I forgot about it. I just her. see the advertisement right now, but that's cool, too. Oh, there you go. Cool. <laughs> so there we are. So 13 years, Deborah Lee Furness and Hugh Jackman. I mean, they've been a couple for 23 years yeah. already, right? And it's, it's beautiful to see because Hugh Jackman is a huge star. But every time when I see this guy in an interview, he's, how he's talking about his wife is amazing. You know, he's just this grounded guy. Whatever he does, mm-hmm. he's like a superstar. But he's not really showing off anything of it. He's just like the husband. He loves his wife. Every time when he's like giving an award or something, or he was singing a song on the show, <laughs> and he was basically singing the song that was their married, the song that Aww. they got married to. That's so and cute. he was basically walking down the stage and he was singing towards her, for her, in front of all the audience. Aww. So that was beautiful. And what I also wanted to point out is how they met is a very interesting story because she was actually famous before him in Australia already. So she was kind of a big star, like an actress back in the days, right? And Hugh Jackman was just starting out. So it was this kind of show in Australia in 1995, so back in the days. And he got picked up in the morning by a van and she was sitting in the front seat. And then what happened is, out of a sudden, she got off of her seatbelt, she turned around and said, hey, I'm Deborah." <laughs> no, seriously, that's a true story. And he was like, hey, I, I'm Hugh. I'm Jackman. Hugh. <laughs> nice to meet you. And she, she um, immediately got a crush on him, and he also got a crush on her, but they didn't talk about it. And then at some point, uh, she, he, he was not getting back to her for one week, and then she sent him a text message, hey, I didn't hear from you in about a week. Uh, is everything okay? And then he was like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I want to be honest to you. I have a crush on you. And she got back to him. Oh, that's good. I have a crush on you, too. (laughs) You know, just out of a sudden. And that's how they basically became a couple. But it's it's just the way... And and I believe that. I believe that he's a guy... 
that he's also kind of a shy dude in a way, you know? That's how he comes across. He's always this kind of top action guy in movies, but I think in real life, he's very just kind of down-to-earth, even almost shy person, you know? And it's interesting because I feel like th that's amazing that he's like that. Yeah. I also feel like there are probably other people in Hollywood just like him, right. but it gets played down For because sure. it's not dramatic enough. That's true. But that's, that's just amazing that he's out there and that we know about the story. Yeah. And um, that is incredible. Yeah, that's not incredible. That, not, like, the media is not that nice to her. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I wish they were. No, yeah. That's, I, that's I mean, I feel like cool. she, I think she does a lot of charity now. I think she, she turned it around a little. I think she's not doing a lot of acting anymore. I think he's more the action guy, the, the acting guy right now in the, in the relationship. I think she's focusing on charity and all these organizations that she's working with, helping people in third like countries wow. you know and and he's supporting that so i really i feel like this is the best example of a couple because a lot of people always talk about hollywood and the industry and oh my god you know you work in the industry but you still want to have a good relationship that's almost impossible i think they are the best example if you stay true to yourself and who you are and you love someone you can't even make it work in hollywood to have a good relationship thank you everybody <laughs> well, i just wanted to point that out i'm not serious okay. about that Right? Sorry. I want to run for president. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. I was born in Germany. <laughs> so not to, you know, with, with our time restraints, we should probably jump to our new segment. Oh. So thank you, Ben. Yes. That was amazing. Thank you. Appreciate you. So moral dating, I guess, or just relationships. So Keanu Reeves, we, we all know and love. <laughs> he, this is his, his girlfriend. She's 42. She is 10 years younger than him. Um, I'm, I, I forget his age, but I know she's 42 yeah. when I read an article yeah, about Yeah, he's it. in the beginning he's, of his 50s. He's 51, 52. So people thought that she was Helen. I thought she was Helen. She Me knew. too. Wow, and she, people are dogging her so much because um, she does. she's younger than him and she, she, looks, she looks older. But she looks definitely like a younger version of Helen Mirren. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I literally thought when they said... I saw this on Facebook and right. I literally... It was like the, the clickbait tag was... He, um, Keanu Reeves with his new girlfriend. And oh. I was like, Helen Mirren? <laughs> I clicked on it. And I was like, oh, no, it's not wow. her. Like, it could be the daughter. It could Helen be even the daughter. was flattered that they thought that she was her. I, I thought we were going to have news for the show because I thought it was Helen Mirren. Like, then, right, right. And here we are talking about this exactly, anyway. Right? Yeah. yeah. But she but, could literally, she could be the daughter of Helen Mirren. She totally oh. could be. Wow. Definitely. I just wow. wanted to have a fun little news segment. Awesome. Helen was very flattered, though, that people <laughs> thought that that was her. So nice. before we get to our kind of sort of predictions, which will probably be super short. Um, I just want to say that I found Alexander the first oh, um, nice. age um, when he took over. He was actually born in 1777. So, and Paul okay. was, um, he had his five year stint. I don't even think it was five years. That sounds off to me, but um, Sounds too much? It sounds like it's too much, but let me see. I remember, didn't you say something about just six months or a year or something? It, you know what though? If she died in 96, 1801, that doesn't make sense. So... Right. It, it is five years. It's oh, just, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, but he took, so Alexander I took over in 1801 then when it's when his father passed away. So 77, 1801, uh, we're looking at what, like 28 years old? Oh. Yeah. That's, so that's so a little bit different. story writers, you changed it a little bit. That's huh? a big okay. difference. And there's a huge difference. I mean, I could see a 28-year-old. Of course. Of course. <laughs> 
Yeah, and he went on to be a huge military guy. Interesting. Fought during the Napoleonic Wars. Like, he is... That's why I do think it was kind of a nod to Alexander when they were showing this little kid looking at his father like, oh, no. (laughs) Like, I'm stepping up. That's crazy. I understand that perspective, though. It definitely makes it more dramatic to show that way, a young kid taking over as a teen. Oh, my God. Yeah. Maybe that's a good starting point for the next bigger season or whatever, right? Who knows? Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, let's talk about just really quick, uh, like, light. Lightning, lightning speed predictions, and then we'll tell everyone Your where to find After Buzz TV All right, predictions. Yeah, I definitely, oh, yeah, sorry, predictions. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely believe, as I just said, I hope that they're really going to have, like, a bigger season coming up with more episodes. And I would really like to see maybe focusing on Alexander taking over or seeing this time period with Paul at the beginning, messing it all up, you yeah. know, didn't work. And then Alexander is trying to make it all work, trying to take over. His dad is not letting him to do it. And then they have maybe this kind of conflict between father and son. That's what I'm thinking. Cool. And Haley? I agree with him. I think they're going to give Alexander a show just because they they have a four-episode series. They're not going to build on this. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm with you guys, so I'm, I'll just go with that, that I agree. Um, ben, where can everybody find you? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Benjamin Schnau, S-C-H-N-A-U, like the dog. And I also do the show Skylines for you guys tonight, actually, in German and English. Awesome. And Haley, where hey can guys, everybody... you can find me. Sorry. Find me everywhere at Haley Matthews. Awesome. This has been an amazing after panel. My name is Rachel Goodman. You can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman or on Instagram with my author name at Rachel Radner Author. Um, I also do the After Buzz Restless Rap Show on Sundays, which covers the and the Restless. I'm doing um, the After Buzz Man in the High Castle, His Dark Materials, and uh, Dickinson. So you can catch me on any of those shows. Um, so. Wow. Until... wow. Why don't you do <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. This has been Catherine the Great, the finale. Bye, guys. Express herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.